Well, hello and welcome everybody to the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Joe Polino, and I serve as uh, Life Group's pastor at Antioch, Dallas. And if you're listening to this, you are more than likely a Life Group leader or discipleship group leader at our church. And I just want to say thank you, thank you um, for being who you are, for being sons and daughters um, who encounter Jesus, practice His ways, and build His kingdom. You are making a way for your group and for others to to know and to love and to follow Jesus. So, so thankful for you guys. Um, this uh, podcast, this series that I'm doing is meant to add value to you and to your group and to help you learn how to lead a discipleship group. And so this is actually um, part four of a five-part series on discipleship groups. And when I say discipleship groups, just to be really clear, uh, what I'm talking about is the is the guy-girl groups that are within life group. So if you imagine the life group being like a large circle uh, with a lot of different people in the mix, this circle is meant to be, for the most part, open, allowing for new people to come in, to be joyfully welcomed in, to be invited. But the complications that can come because of that are it's hard to develop relational consistency or really get to know people or go deeper. And so here's where the D groups come in, where these are going to be more closed for a season um, to allow you to go deeper with people and to really have accountability, uh, encouragement, and challenge as you're following Jesus and wanting to grow um, in Christ. But a common question that we've had is like, I, I get the importance of D groups, but I'm I'm struggling to know how do I have an effective D group, especially when it seems like uh, we can't get beyond the question of how was your week or uh, in this past spring, how was your quarantine? So how do we do that? This is what this D group series um, is hopefully uh, going to help you sharpen your focus on to have uh, better D groups. And so today um, we're going to dive into the practice of reading and responding to Scripture. So if you missed past episodes, we're, we're walking through four important practices that when we do them in our discipleship group and, and everyone buys in, they will make our group more effective to where we can get beyond just catch-up time. And those four core practices stand for confession, others, reading and responding to Scripture, and encouragement. Confession, others, reading and responding, and encouragement. So with that, let's dive into reading and responding to Scripture today. What is this practice all about? Well, simply, this is about reading shared portions of Scripture together. Uh, Individually, you, you read them on your own time, and then you come together to share what you're learning about what you're reading and how you're responding to it. Uh, This is probably the most important practice in D-group. While all the other ones are important, when we read and respond to Scripture, it fuels all the other practices. So if you can imagine in your mind, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are like a fountain from which living water flows down like a river to us. So God is the fountainhead, flowing down is a river. And uh, when we read and respond to Scripture, it's like going upstream the river of God to be close to the fountainhead. Okay, Now, when we read Scripture, we're drawing near to Him. We're drawing near to know God, to hear His voice, and to follow Him. So this is super important. And as we do this, it's like the other practices that we talked about um, of confession, of praying for the lost or, or praying for others, of encouraging one another— these are almost like the smaller tributary rivers that flow from the scriptures and they find their source in the scriptures. So this is a really important practice uh, and one I'm excited to get to talk about how do we do this well in D-group. 
I just want to say that Jesus called his disciples to hold to his teaching and put it into practice. So in John 8, Jesus said this to Jews who had believed in him in John 8, 31. So it says to those who actually believed his message, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that phrase, hold my teaching, can also be translated, abide in my word. Now, let's, let's just remember here that he's talking to believers. So he's not, he's not talking to people who reject his message or reject him. Uh, they, they believe that he's Messiah. And he says to them, hey, way to go believing, go in peace. No, he doesn't say that to them. Instead, he says, hey, I want to be truthful because I love you. Many of you... You believe now, but you will reject me because of my teaching. And in fact, if you go on to read in John 8, he goes on to call, his, uh, to call the, the Jews, um, you don't receive my word because my word has no place in you because you believe your father, the, the devil. <laughs> so uh, I just, it's amazing as the more you read scripture, Jesus can be a lot more bold and brash uh, than we sometimes represent him to be in the New Testament. Yes, he's always loving, but his teaching, he says here, uh, will be rejected by many. Um, and so just with that, I think this is kind of a gut check verse, even for myself, of saying, okay, if I'm truly his disciple, do I hold on to his teaching? And, and even asking, Holy Spirit, Come and search me and know me. God, do I really hold to your teaching? Do I really value and abide in your words? And this is what we want our D groups to have before them is just saying, hey, we want to hold to the teaching of Jesus. Uh, And our our culture will always change and shift, always. Uh, We know there's been a lot of of shifting over the last decade. That's really nothing new. And we want God's word to continually be our plumb line. And when I say that, uh, I absolutely am saying we want, when we come to the Bible, we want to uh, believe in its authority. We also want to study it with skill, thoughtfulness, and care, which we'll talk about more in a bit. Um, but when we're coming to it, uh, this quote by Karl Barth, theologian, sticks out to me. When we come to it, Karl Barth said, I've read many books, but the Bible reads me. So meaning, when we come to the Bible, yes, we want to study and think critically about the, the meaning the author is intending to his original audiences. We want to know about the literary genre. Is this poetry? Is this a letter? Is this narrative? We want, we want to use our heads. But at the same time, at the end of the day, God's word is reading me and not me reading it. Uh, the culture will shift and come and go, but God's word is going to remain. So put simply, in our discipleship groups, we want to be people who hold to his teaching. Not only do we believe that God's word is authoritative, we want to hold to Jesus' teaching. We want to hold to the scriptures and delight in it uh, like the river of living water that it is to help us know Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to help us know who he is. Uh, and then also just want to say again on the responding part, want to read and respond. Um, this goes hand in hand with what Jesus was telling his disciples. Uh, just to be clear about it, it's not just you believe, but it's you respond. He illustrates this really clearly in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 in verse 44. And I'm going to summarize this one because many of you are familiar with it. Um, but in the parable, he talks about the two houses. 
and the difference between the house that's built on the sand and built on the rock. And he said, the storm's going to come either way. There's going to be rain that's going to come against it. The streams are going to rise up. The one who's built on the sand will come with a great crash. It'll fall down. It won't last. But the one built on a rock, uh, that one will remain. And he says in his teaching, he says the person who builds their house on the sand is the one who hears Jesus' teaching, but they don't put it into practice. And so they're foolish. And then the one who builds it on the rock is the one who hears Jesus' teaching and puts it into practice. This person is a wise person. And so for some of us, we're doing good just to get into the Word. <laughs> I mean, I feel that way some way if, when I'm having a hard uh, go of it or hard day, or maybe I'm just feeling dry. Just opening the Word is a win. But what Jesus is saying, hey, that's that's a great starting point. But if you want to be wise, you don't just read it, you put it into practice. And so here's where D groups are just so valuable because we get to talk about what are we learning? And then how are we putting it into action? What are the implications that it has on our life? Are we obeying what the scripture is saying? Are we highlighting, hey, here's who God is. Are we worshiping? Are we valuing the things of the kingdom? And so this practice is so important. I'm so excited um, for us to grow in this year after year. And uh, yeah, and it's challenging at times. Uh, I'm I'm hyping it up, but at the same time acknowledge it's not always that great. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes the scripture is complex, and that's okay. Uh, And again, that's a value of us learning how to read and respond to scripture in community together. So how do we actually do this in a discipleship group? How do we sharpen our focus uh, in this way? Uh, Well, we've made um, units of the read and respond guides, if you will. There's six units that we have planned to build out. We have two of them that are ready to go on makedisciples.co. And a lot of them are centered around our vision statement as a church, that we are sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice his ways, and build his kingdom. And so the first unit is about encountering Jesus. So we flip the order from sons and daughters to say, actually, we want to encounter Jesus first. (laughs) We need to know who he is and know the gospel in order to become a son or daughter. And so the first unit of encountering Jesus is on the gospel of Luke. And we want to begin um, looking at Jesus in that unit. The next unit that you would go to is in the book of Ephesians, learning our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God and learning God's purpose for the church in Ephesians. Then in unit three, it's about the Holy Spirit empowering us as sons and daughters um, to be the church by studying the book of Acts. In unit four, it's the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We're looking at how do we practice the way of Jesus. In unit five, it's looking at Isaiah 61 to study the passage that Jesus uh, announced when he began his ministry, describing himself. And then the last one, unit six, that we have planned to build out is the Great Commission. So seeing the the last charge that Jesus gave to his church to build his kingdom. Uh, So really excited about these guides. How do you use these guides in your D group? Well, as you uh, may have just picked up on, the units are some are larger than others. So the Gospel of Luke is 24 chapters and the book of Ephesians is six. So the way that you break out the reading plan we actually are leaving it up to you. So let's just take the Gospel of Luke, for example. So it's a larger book, um, but uh, let's just say you break down over the course of the spring, you're going to have X number of meetings. 
And so you're going to say, we're going to read Luke chapters 1 through 3 over the next two weeks, come together. We're going to talk about what we're learning and how we're responding to it. And we're going to use the guide. And then the next time you might have another three chapters, or maybe even you want to say, we don't have that many meetings in the fall, and we're going to read some larger portions of Scripture. And, uh, and I know that for some of you, you want to go deep and, and really study in detail the words. And I think that um, is amazing. I'm actually more prone to do that. I like to go slow. But there is value in reading large chunks of Scripture. In fact, let's just remember that the Gospels and the letters were actually meant to be read in one sitting. So when you're sitting down to, to read um, the, the letter of the book of Acts, for example, to Theophilus, he probably wouldn't have read, you know, maybe halfway through and then stopped. He would have read the whole thing. So just to encourage us, we might be able to pick up on different themes or parts of, um, of the book that God's given us, the ebb and flow of what the Holy Spirit has given us in different ways as we read larger portions of Scripture, and that is okay. So then in the guides, it also talks about, so when you're reading it, how do you do it? Uh, do you just read it and kind of see what sticks out to you? What do you do? Uh, we gave um, a framework that we've shared uh, from the front on Sundays we've used before. Um, I think it's a helpful framework called DNA, which says that with the D, we first want to read the scripture to discover the meaning of what we're reading with our heads. We want to nurture the meaning into our hearts, and we want to apply the word of God to our with our hands. So discover, nurture, apply uh, is more like head, heart, hands, if you will. Um, and really, you can, you can use DNA in a simple way of just saying, hey, what does this mean? Okay, how is that meaningful to me? How can I apply this to my life? Really simple. You can also go really in depth of discovering the meaning and getting out commentaries and things like that. Um, and then with nurturing, there's lots of different ways you can do that. Uh, I've heard if you read the Bible, but you don't meditate on it, it's like trying to eat food without, uh, or trying to swallow food without chewing it. So we want to nurture the word into our heart. We want to meditate on it. Um, and there's some recommendations in the discipleship guide. One recommendation is to just say a portion of scripture that God just seems to be really ministering to you on or highlighting over and over again, just repeating it, meditating on it, asking God to show you more of who he is, uh, to savor its sweetness. Like a bee would go to a flower and sit there until it sucked all the nectar out. You, you sit on that passage of scripture until you soak all the sweetness out of it. And then if you do nurturing well, a lot of times application comes, comes to bear pretty easily. So as we meditate on God's Word, the Holy Spirit's highlighting how this is impactful in your life and, and, and how you can share that with other people, um, how you can live it out, what, what are things that God's calling you to, to let go of or, um, or to take up as a result. So that's how um, the, the guides are made, and there's also helpful content in it that provides like a light commentary. So we're not going too in-depth of, you know, maybe a, an archaeological, you know, excavation of, of the scriptures. There's some great tools out there to do that, and we even put some deeper dive resources in the guide, but more like, okay, let's, let's go maybe one layer under the surface to understand all the parts and pieces that are at play here. So that's the, that's the wrap on reading and responding to Scripture. I'm so excited and, and just want to close by praying for uh, you and your, your D group because I just, I, I'm just 
really feeling expectant for God to move powerfully in uh, your scripture reading. And just want to remind you um, that that reading, responding to scripture is in many ways the most important thing that you're going to do in your D group. Um, Because when we study scripture, it's like going upstream the river of God to draw near to the fountainhead of who he is, to learn who God is, to hear his voice and to follow his will. And, and time and culture are going to change, but God's word is going to remain. And we want to build our lives on what will last, which is Jesus's teaching. And, and lastly, the, the, the read and respond guides at makedisciples.co, man, they're, they're designed to give you and your D group um, a shared reading plan um, and help you dive into scripture together. So I just want to pray for you. Lord, thank you for each person listening to this, uh, this podcast, this episode. Pray that wherever they are right now, God, that you would build them up and encourage them. God, that you would speak to them um, through your Holy Spirit and through your word, and that you would really help their group to bond together, and that as they come together to read the scripture, it would be like drinking from the river of your delight, and you would make us into uh, a Psalm 1 people, God, that are planted by streams of living water and bear fruit in its season and not like those who uh, might be going the way of the crowd or, or, or the way of mockers, God, but help us to be Psalm 1 people who bear good fruit, who are oaks of righteousness in our generation, in our day. Uh, we love you, Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. And remember, Jesus said these two promises in the Great Commission, uh, all authority in heaven belongs to me. And then he also said, and I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, just what else could we need besides that? Jesus is with us and all authority is his as you go forward and lead your life groups. Love you guys. Talk to you next time.